I was thinking about the stress of isolation. Uh-huh. Thinking about some of the background things that made the not only the, these protests so ready to happen. I mean, there was the event in Minneapolis, which was just horrid and inhuman. But the fact that uh, it was like lighting a fuse on a, on a powder keg that had been sitting ready to go for some time, you know. Yeah. I had dinner last night with a friend who had been practicing self-isolation pretty rigorously, very much trying to, you know, play by the rules, going out only to shop, really not to do anything else. And she was clearly demonstrating symptoms of just ongoing stress. Right. You know, is she, angry is she about on, things. Is she on her own? She is on her own. It's just her and her cat, so she does have a cat. But uh, she would, she was kind of burst out in little angry asides and then catch herself and say, I don't know why I'm being so angry about this. I'm better off than most people. I can stay home. I'm in my house. I've got food. I don't have to go to work. You know, I don't have children. I have to look after just the cat. But uh, the effects of stress were apparent in, on her life. Yeah. You know, the way she was, the way she was talking, and small things, small inconveniences start to take on greater size when you're under stress. Tolerance. Yeah, but you know, also. My, the sense that I get from this is loneliness and the fact that you're alone. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I feel it. Alana and I are together here. Yeah. But you, I still feel alone. I, I still feel alone also. I feel, even if it's by my own choice to try and play by the recommended rules or if it's being enforced by some outside authority, you know, at the state or local level perhaps, the isolation goes against something inherent in me and that it, that is non-isolated. People are not isolated, I don't think, by nature. Right. So how about the word connection? Yeah, well, that certainly comes into play. And, and, and feeling disconnected. Yeah, feeling disconnected. Well, feeling, yes, feeling out of your natural place. And in the case of, um, let's see, in the case of isolation, there's the lonely factor, which is mental, abstract, emotional, which is kind of the same case with connection. There's a there's a physical connection between objects, and then there's a sense of feeling connected, you know, relating to, identifying with, feeling close to another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the non-physical aspect, the abstract aspect. But the uh, the stress, it comes from it comes from a word that has to do with stricture. So it comes from a word that has to do with being prevented from doing something that you want to do. Yeah. Or perhaps that you naturally tend to do, which is relate to people. Right. Instead of integrating as a natural part of living, you're walking 180 degrees against that, whether whether by your own choice or someone else's, but you're basically restricting yourself from that which is true of your nature. Right. So there's constriction and there's stricture and there's stress, all related, and restriction, all related. Right, all related, indeed. This binding, and of course, strigere is a Latin word which means to bind, bind tightly. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as it stays in the realm of dimension, I mean, it's a real problem. If you perceive the restriction as keeping you from being in touch with people, dimensionally speaking, mm-hmm. if the loneliness is, I want to be around more people and I can't be, then clearly it's a, it's a problem, one that we're having to sort of making ourselves deal with, given that the, the coronavirus is merely indiscriminately infecting anybody that comes into its path. So it's, it's not isolating at all. <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. So the isolation is a defense. Yes, the isolation is a defense. It comes at a price of stress, or uh-huh. preventing yourself from doing something that you would otherwise naturally want to do. Now, if you can get it out of the, if you can get behind that just a little bit in terms of what is the nature of isolation? 
that is set apart by yourself. What is the nature of that self? Yes, yes. If you stay with a physical self, it gets cut off. It gets left out. I think isolation also relates to a word which means island. So you become an island and unable to touch others around you. But if you get under and back of that, what is the nature of myself, really? Then you have to get at the essence of yourself or the beingness of yourself, which then becomes it's a different kind of place to come from. Yeah, hang on a second, Al. I've got a renegade printing machine here that won't shut up. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. It, it just had to make its presence known. <laughs> it's basic, basic to its nature. It, I want in this. I want in this. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I printed a document about 45 minutes ago, and, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you know, um, you're talking, and I just want to be heard. <laughs> yeah, what can I do, boss? What can I do? Well, and it's kind of like the same attitude. It's like I've been in this goddamn house for seven weeks. I, I yeah. just, I've just got to be heard. I got to get out. Yeah, I got to print something. I got to put something out there. <laughs> be recognized. <laughs> so I get what you're saying about the isolation. If you move it from just physical isolation, like there's wards and hospitals that are dedicated to, they're isolated so nobody else goes in there. Or there's isolation in a prison where people are put into a confining situation where the, they're isolated away from everybody else. Right. And that those are all physical things. But when you get to the beingness side of things, how can you um, <laughs> construct a wall that's going to keep beingness on one side from... <laughs> From, from the something. beingness that's on the other side, the, the beingness of the wall itself. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah, because when you, when you allow yourself to operate as beingness, then you and all of, the, all of that which seems to be separate from you is all of the same stuff. It's all as much yourself as yourself as yourself. Yes. Because it is all self. It is selfness. Mm -hmm. The I am of beingness. And then there comes a point where, and we talked about this relative to confinement, I thought it was interesting we had that discussion a few days ago because just yesterday I sort of, you know how occasionally these, when you're browsing through Facebook or going through some, uh, looking at a YouTube of some kind or another, then there'll be a whole little kind of raft of YouTubes or related connection things from social media thrown up on the side as a sidebar on your computer. And in my case, a couple of days ago, one that popped up was the string of contestants who were going on America's Got Talent or You Think You've Got Talent or one of those things where they uh. have the judges that judge people doing interesting things for the first time. Yeah. And a man came on the show, and his name was Archie Williams. He had, in the last year and a half or so, been released from prison after spending 37 years in jail for a crime he did not commit. Whoa. And he was he was the, uh, there was that organization that was formed to study DNA results from old cases where people claimed innocence, and it's freed innumerable numbers of people on, on the basis of DNA evidence. Right. And that was the case with this man, Archie Williams, who was, through DNA testing years later showed that he was not the perpetrator and that the perpetrator was in fact it was, a, it was a case of rape the perpetrator was in fact a serial rapist whose dna was also in the system and so of course he was arrested and archie williams was set free after 37 years whoa and he was going on of course the here he was standing up in front of simon cowell and all those other judges that sit on the america's got talent panel and the audience, when they heard that he was standing there about to sing the song for them after 37 years in prison, everybody was just sort of weak in the knees, if you can imagine. And one of the people who had been talking to him just before he went on stage said that, uh, how did you get through? How did you get through while you were in prison all that time? 
knowing what you knew about the real truth, and but there you were confined. And he said, I was never confined in my mind. In my mind, I was free. And I thought about Nelson Mandela, and I thought about any number of other people. But, I mean, it was very, very, very touching and very illustrative of just how powerful how you identify can be. Yeah, because it, it totally changes how, how you see yourself. Um, you, you can see yourself as a victim and um, just kind of wallow in victimhood. Yeah, making your situation worse. Yeah, it doesn't help, right? It just makes you more depressed. Right. <laughs> right. Or more sick physically or whatever it is. Or yeah. more stressed. When you realize that you're never separate from any of what you feel separate, may have felt separate from, once you can see through that, once you can embrace that identity, that identity doesn't know anything about separateness. And it has, knows nothing about stress. Mm -hmm. It can't be restrained because it's all. Mm -hmm. Right. And, of course, with that comes the peace of isolation, as it were, the serenity of isolation. Yes. And that, the serenity of the single self, the self. Yeah, and, and there's the old uh, biblical phrase, which I, I don't remember where it comes from. Uh, it's always been very powerful for me. But um, the injunction is to go into the upper room and close the door. And when you do that, you commune directly with your divine nature, uh, and you yes. you are you have shut away all of the claims of the, you know, every possible kind of something that calls on you for attention. Right? It's it's all shut out, and you're alone in the upper room with, uh, with the Father state, with your with your yes. divine self. Exactly, it knows only itself, and that's just. All there is. I mean, it's literally all there is. 